Hi, and welcome to Fan Slash Fiction with Andrew Slash Zach. I'm Andrew. Okay, so say Andrew Gum. Okay. Hi, and welcome to Fan Slash Fiction with Andrew Slash Zach. I am Andrew Gum. I'm Zach Dunsing. And this week is the first episode of season 1.5, in which we revisit Equestria. And then Zach was supposed to say something, but we can just end on a lengthy pause. Yeah, I can live with that. <laughs> Record. Cool. We're for sure that yours is recording. It's good. good. Three seconds in, monitoring, great. Great. In case it shuts off, I just keep an eye on it because we haven't used that thing before. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Cool. I'm monitoring auditorially and ocularly. Nice. That's dope that you can do both at the same time. I'm uh, monitoring just using my sense of touch. Hmm. I have it set up to a Braille configuration. Hmm. Is it weird that we're looking at each other? It's weird that you're not that you're using a Braille configuration when your eyes work perfectly well. You say that, but the prescriptions get worse and worse every okay. time I go to the optometrist. Well, then I guess it's arguable whether or not you're looking at me at all. True. True. Dear listeners, this is the first time that Zach and I have done a podcast in the same room. And mm-hmm. so just to give you some insight into our configuration, both of our computers are on my bed and we're sitting across the room from each other to try to get clean audio. So I still a... refuse to get within six feet of his range though. Yeah, that's fair. I get a little I get a little grabby if I, I get, get excited. so grabby. Um, but yeah, here we are. We're, uh, we're doing a little mini ep for you. Uh, my little mini ep. Uh, Zach, you want to tell him what we're talking about today? Yeah. Well, so, uh, we mentioned early on that we came across a lot of my little pony fan fiction in our initial scouring of the fan fiction resources. And, uh, we just felt that it was time to revisit it. I mean, I'm in San Diego now. Um, I had the opportunity to come here off of a work trip, and uh, we're going to revisit some stuff from season one to launch season 1.5. Yeah, it's great. Uh, before we dive into that, do you want to tell us a little bit about why you're out here? You just did a conference. Tell me how yeah, so we haven't my, talked about that yet. My work sent me to a uh, maker conference called NomCon, which is a Nation of Makers conference. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was very... Um, if you're not familiar with makerspaces, it's like a catch-all term for places where people make things. And that can be tech-related. It can be art-related. It can be a lot of things. Most of these conferences are like very tech-related. Like one of the one of the keynote speakers was Adam Savage, who, you know, has spent most of his adult career like making weird gadgets. And re most of his keynote speech was talking about how much time he spent trying to rebuild Stanley Kubrick's director's chair. <laughs> Which is fun. And it uh, turns out that it's impossible to rebuild that chair. So he busted the myth that mm-hmm. it's possible. Exactly. Exactly. Which is fun. So basically, yeah, I was at uh, the where I work, as I've said, as a makerspace routine. So they sent me this conference. We um, got to meet a lot of cool people, uh, got to sit a seat down from Adam Savage. As it turns out, he also uh, is partial to the very last row uh, when it comes to big conferences. Um, but it was just, it was a lot, 
a lot of nerds. Yeah. I mean, yeah, nerds are great. We obviously love nerds. We are nerds. Yeah. We are literally recording a podcast about fan fiction as we speak. Yeah, that's true. But I think that there is a critical mass of nerdiness, um, just like a critical mass of any mm-hmm. other personality Sports type. Sports people. Yeah. It's just, if you get too many people of the same vibe, it like creates a feedback loop. There's just a critical mass of any fandom, yeah. I would say. And this was like very much so a, a geek fandom of just all the all the maker ideas, like printmaking, laser cutting, you know, like design, prototyping, designing weird art projects or designing like new innovations in your garage and it was just a lot to take in and it was it was very cool uh but it was like i'm glad that i'm done with it also i didn't realize this going before going out there but santa fe is at like seven thousand feet above sea level so i had pretty bad altitude sickness the entire time (laughs) yeah that uh that can add to the irritation of Mm -hmm. a a dense conference of nerds is if you're feeling nauseous. Yeah. I mean, it was just like having a pretty bad hangover um, the whole time. And I I was drinking while I was there. So I also had a hangover. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a, that's what you call the, uh, where was it? El Paso? Santa Fe. Santa Fe double down. That's Santa Fe double down. Um, Yeah. Well, it's, it's summer break for me, so yeah. my life is very, very Did anybody – um, how many people did you get to sign your yearbook? Like, I tried to get a lot, but mm-hmm. I just got a lot of have a great summers. Yeah. So, I mean – A lot of pity signatures. Yeah. A lot of never change. Mm-hmm. A lot Stay of cool. hit me up on Snapchat, but they mm-hmm. didn't give me their Snapchat mm-hmm. like, login. Like fake Snapchats. Yeah. Yeah. I should have known it was fake when it said, you're a dweeb. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's a cool one. But then I found out that it wasn't really them. Do they not just have digital yearbooks now? No, they don't. They have like fully made. There's yearbook class. It's one of the classes at my school. It's an elective. And wow. they did a really good job this year. And I'm just like, why is this still a thing? Like you sign each other's books. You're going to throw that away. Yeah. You're a post-millennial. I don't, don't think have I ever. Physical things. I don't think I ever got one in the first place. And I was a right on millennial yeah i got them when i was in because my mom insisted because mm-hmm. and i think she's still has them because i don't care about them at all oh yeah yeah so yeah, who cares anyways um let's dive in so my hope for these season 1.5 episodes is just to you know go a little bit deeper and going into it in a slightly different way instead mm-hmm. of just a straight up exploration we're going to be talking to people we're going to be exploring specific areas of the fan fiction world um, as it relates to creativity. I'm also really interested in how it relates to obsession. That's something I'm interested in. Yes. So that that is actually not true, though, because that's what we're doing for season two. That's what we're doing for season two. Go ahead and edit that out, Zach. Yeah, that's great. We'll do. Okay. We'll do. We'll do. Season 1.5, we're just covering, recovering some ground of some open-ended stuff that we hit up in season one and um, really trying, yeah, just filling out some stuff, some blind spots that we had. So it's going to be a short season, shorter episodes, and it's really just to keep you, keep us in your hearts and minds until season two comes out. In season two, we're going to be doing a lot of interviews and we're going to be exploring, as Andrew said, other aspects of creativity kind of through the lens of fan fiction and also other aspects of fandom and obsessiveness yeah through fan fiction yeah cue the music great so this Hang is on, our- we're wait we're we're actually waiting for the entire length of the theme song oh so that'll make it easier mm-hmm. on the edit mm-hmm. got it mm-hmm. 
One, two, three, and go. Hi, and welcome to Fan Slash Fiction with Andrew Slash Zach. I'm Zach. Just mm-hmm. kidding. We're talking about My Little Pony, and uh, it's weird. It's mm-hmm. a weird world, um, and also delightful. Um, yeah, so you may remember that we brought up the... Uh, Ponytheus episode at one mm-hmm. point, um, which was a crossover between Prometheus and My Little Pony, and it was super weird. And we couldn't really understand the emphasis for it, so we really would like to figure that out. And, and we get Prometheus. We understand Prometheus. We know that Ridley Scott is a weirdo, and we know that that lore is super convoluted at this point. What we don't understand is My Little Pony, so Andrew was kind enough to jump into the My Little Pony-verse. Yeah, so for those of you, like Zach and I, who are not already well-versed in the Ponyverse, mm-hmm. uh, a little background. Uh, My Little Pony has been around for a while. It uh, was first started in 1981 and got a lot of flack early on for being in that era of cartoons as advertisement for toys for kids, so it felt like targeted marketing. Wait, but that's... 100% the only thing cartoons were at that time. Oh, yeah. I mean, so that's like that's why He-Man, He-Man Transformers. Exactly. exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, anybody who's watched the toys that made us on Netflix knows this, which is a good show. Yeah, and arguably people still do it. Like the Lego movies are... Yeah, they just also happen to be really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But arguably to some people, My Little Pony is really good. So mm-hmm. like My Little Pony has been involved in lots of different conversations from people about feminism, that it got unfairly like panned critically because it was targeted at girls hmm. um and it's it's gotten both sides of the spectrum where some people say that it you know it was treated unfairly because it's you know talking about being a girl and uh femininity and then other people saying that it is reinforcing a stereotype towards girls mm-hmm. that like they only like cute pony things and cute uh well you know, what fluffy. little i've discovered so far is that it is it is definitely not just girls who are riding the pony train yeah so in my exploration you're exactly right uh there was a resurgence of my little pony in 2010 so why nope. no, i'm sorry in 2003 uh, and that was My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. And one of the... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And one of the strange things that apparently Hasbro and the creators of My Little Pony were not anticipating in that 2003 reboot was a different fan base developing mm-hmm. than the typical uh, girls and young women mm-hmm. who had been the primary target ar- audience before. So, sorry, Friendship is Magic is the name of the show, like the mm-hmm. the rebooted My yeah. Little Pony show. Okay, because I saw a bunch of things tagged with Friendship is Magic. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, I mean, I thought it was just a cool thing that they were saying. Yeah, no, it is. it is. Friendship is Magic. <laughs> that is true. This podcast is a testament <laughs> to anything. Uh, uh, it can get a reclusive hermit to come all the way to san diego that's friendship true. is magic guys um so the that's where the brony fan base came in apparently yes. and again brony is a portmanteau of bro and pony and mm. a lot of the portmanteaus that we explored before like all of the the pony puns and stuff mm-hmm. that is a nod to brony culture which apparently the new animated version of my little pony does nods 
to brony culture. Oh, interesting. And has opened the doors a little bit. So it's just not fully embraced it. Yeah. That's totally. great. Which is very cool. And uh, some of the things that I found interesting about My Little Pony is how in-depth the lore of My Little Pony is. Yeah. So there's they're from the planet Equestria. Mm-hmm. They are broken down into different families, and then there are pony royalty. So there is the apple family, the pie family, the shy family, the cake family, and the rich family and so all of these characters exist inside these families and they have different relationships to the other families uh so from what i gather it's sort of like game of thrones Uh where you have to just know a lot of different storylines and how they intersect is there as much incest as there is in game of thrones i would assume so everyone's related ah and they all kind of stay i mean i don't know if my little ponies date but if they breed asexually, they they kind of stay inside I the see. okay the family. Maybe with I like guess in as much as wing. amoeba are incestuous. Yeah, I mean, if you go back in time long enough, it's all incest. Yeah, sure. we're all from like one cell. Yeah, that's true. Um, so just to we- just for fun, so you can get some of the names. Uh, so the characters in the shy family are Twilight Sparkle, Applejack, Fluttershy, Rarity, Pinkie Pie, Rainbow Dash, and Sp- Spike. Oh, wait, no. I'm doing... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... And they're the main six, right? I think so. But, but they might that, not all but, be in the same family. No, no. But I mean, I think I think it's M-A-N-E six. Oh. Like, <laughs> like it's a term I've come across and I'm assuming... I believe it refers to them. That... Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, in the Apple family, there's Granny Smith, Big Macintosh, <laughs> Brayburn, Uncle and Aunt Orange... Hayseed Turnip Truck, Apple Strudel, Auntie Applesauce, Apple Rose, Goldie Delicious, Bright oh Mac, God. and Pear Butter. Uh, the Pie Family, Limestone Pie and Marble Pie, Igneous Rock Pie and Cloudy Quartz, Maud Pie, uh-huh. Shy Family, Mr. and Mrs. Shy, Zephyr Breeze, Cake Family, Mr. and Mrs. Cake, okay, Pound Cake and Pumpkin Cake. this is making things a lot clearer for yeah, me. Yeah, it's just unrelentingly cute. So when mm-hmm. I was like looking this up, I don't know if you if you listening are a My Little Pony fan, maybe you can set us straight. So as I was exploring My Little Pony, I just had this feeling like there is this fetishization of cuteness mm-hmm. that's on the internet, like all the cat videos mm-hmm. and cute baby pictures and things like that. And then the, the Japanese version of it is kawaii, which uh, translates to so cute <laughs> and that's like the like the small frames giant eyeballs yeah exactly of, of all like an- anthropomorphized yeah like, just like little with, cute critters yeah. and they only exist to be really cute so that's okay so that's specifically what we were talking about earlier you were saying that you had a student who um who was just remaking intros to anime yeah videos. and that's so that's what my student does is she just makes these very bizarre, nonsensical to me animations of super cute cats doing things. It's very My Little Pony esque, but just with like more of an anime vibe. And it's it's so weird to me because like kids, they're, I mean, what they're making is important to them, so it's it's purposeful and it matters. But it's like there's no 
there's seemingly no narrative structure to any of it. And there's nothing like it's just content. Like they're so used to just consuming content on YouTube or whatever, that that's, that's what they, that's as far as what they want to make. Yeah, exactly. That's as far as it goes. And there's no, there's seemingly, again, at least to me, like no grander, uh, narrative narrative or themes or anything sure yeah and i've run into that too and i think that for some people there is like just for it to be kind of cute and wholesome and innocent and fun and emphasizing friendship Mm -hmm. like that is refreshing not just to young girls but that's refreshing to lots of people yeah i mean in the world we live in now like what yeah i I would imagine it's quite refreshing (laughs) i yeah i think that that's i think that's true and so the things when I was looking up this fetishization of cuteness, mm-hmm. um, it just talks about how there are very real physical things that happen in your brain when you look at cute things. Like it's the part of your brain that makes you want to protect a baby because you oh, feel yeah. like a feeling of warmth towards a round face with large eyes and a feeling of innocence toward that. There's a, a human mm. response that is- Like an evolutionary positive. trait. Yeah. Like the opposite of why like cats freak out when they see pickles. Yeah, the opposite. Yeah. It's like they're scared of pickles because deep down they know that something that is long, like a snake can like a kill snake. Them. Yeah, can yeah. kill them. Whereas we see something that is Or why like arachnophobia exists. Yeah. It's like a spider can't really hurt you that much, but there's something way back mm-hmm. that these things bite. Mm-hmm. Also why people can be afraid of birds and stuff is like mm-hmm. this built in evolutionary fears Mm -hmm. this is built-in evolutionary feelings of love and warmth and friendship which is gross so cute (laughs) so cute um yeah so there's there is a lot of unapologetic love of ponies and cuteness that goes throughout all of that is it sorry is, is there a is there a term for my little pony fans who aren't bronies that's a great question I think they're just called My Little Pony fans because mm. it's usually just dudes that find a need to identify themselves with a name. Sure, group. right. They, they, so. yeah, probably feel a need to overcompensate and really attach themselves to. Especially if it's an internet culture, you mm-hmm. always have to name yourself and you have to have guidelines mm-hmm. for who's not allowed to participate. So even something as wholesome as My Little Pony, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you're not a real brony because you're a girl. And it's like, ugh, ugh gross. Like why? <laughs> yeah, like what? Why Why so many manifestos? Yeah. See what I did there? Uh, uh, this one's for the... All right. So, so yeah, that in my exploration of it, that's sort of a general gist of where My Little Pony exists within the collective unconscious. So what Zach did... Was he found a collection of the collected unconscious of the <laughs> the collected unconscious of My Little Pony stuff, and he's going to share some of the things that he found, and we're going to discuss the themes that are explored. Yeah, so this is uh, again like I, I I almost exclusively bring crossover to the and and this is like this we talked about this before, but this is what's so great about the My Little Pony stuff is that like. The fandom, the lore of it, like that all kind of makes sense because it's, it's, at least is like rich enough that, that people have something to attach to. But the crossover stuff never makes any sense to me because like nothing mixes well with My Little Pony. But here's my thought when we're talking about the super cute thing. I wonder if it becomes a challenge for some people 
to take something that is not cute at all sure. and super cutify it because there's a certain pleasure in taking something as bleak as Prometheus mm-hmm. and jamming just super adorable characters into it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that's funny. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's just a fun mental exercise. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's just taking something dark and making it wholesome. Yeah. So one of the, uh, one of the first stories that I read is called spiders and magic mm-hmm. Avengers assemble. <laughs> um, it's written by master Rob. Hey Rob. Hey Rob. So basically, this is a world where the the Marvel universe has collided with the My Little Pony universe. It follows it it follows the Marvel characters, but they're um like half of them have pony names and half of them don't. Like mm. there's like Pony Stark. Okay, so he's just Iron Man, but they jokingly call him Pony Stark, oh. but Spider Man is Spider Man. <laughs> like and but that's just what he always was. Yes, but that's just what that's just what his character is. And Wolverine's the same, and Deadpool's the same. But there's Equine Torch. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's cute. That's cute. And it's and it's uh, the um, Captain Equine or uh, Captain Equestria instead oh, of Captain yeah. America. Perfect. But it's like some of them they don't either. It was too difficult to sort of find a pun for it or. They just, you know, they just didn't, they just rolled with it. I mean, I feel like just toss pony into any of it, like dead pony. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, don't, they did it with uh, Spider Man. Why not just Iron Man or Pony Stark? I mean, this is, come on, just jump in there, guys. Yeah, but at this point, I think we're just beating a dead pony. All right. So I'm, done. I'm sorry, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Something about seeing you in person pulls all the shitty puns out of you. Puns out of me. Great. Okay, so. Essentially, like they go, they are. There's a group of ponies, and there's a group of Marvel characters, and they fight off Diamond Dogs. Which is that a something you came across? Diamond Dogs. I didn't see anything about that. Well, it's so it's confusing because there's a there's a lot going on here. So basically, they fight off these Diamond Dogs, and then they uh, come back together, and they sort of have a debrief on their fight. And then at that point, Spider Man is like Spider Man is like starts asking them about all these other ponies, like how they're doing. And at that point, it's sort of revealed that all these Marvel characters are married to all of these ponies. So they have pony hybrid super children? Well, basically every single one of the ponies is pregnant, except for Deadpool's. And they all give Deadpool a hard time about like when he and Pinkie Pie are going to have... Babies? Are gonna have, they're going to have a baby. <laughs> Uh, and you know, he's a jerk about it cause he's Deadpool. Got it. So Deadpool's married to Pinkie Pie, Johnny Storm, AKA a, a, a questrian, a questrian torch, equestrian torch, um, is married to Rainbow Dash. Is Ra- Rainbow Dash is like the main one, right? I think so. I think she's, I don't I mean, I think, I think, I don't know if there's a main one, but I think she's like the, the leader or whatever. Yeah. She's got a great name. She does. Also, you didn't mention the king or queen. I mean, the the two queens of the sun and moon. Right. I mean, there's a whole royal. Yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole royal family, and it's just. Uh, anyway, so Spider Man is married to Rarity, who is also pregnant. Logan, aka Wolverine, is married to Fluttershy, who's pregnant. 
And I mean, basically they get, they, so this whole thing with all that, there's a little part where Deadpool goes home and there's a weird section where like Pound Cake is making food at his house, but Pound Cake is like the niece of either his wife or something. And Pound Cake asks him about when he's going to get his wife pregnant, who's Pinkie Pie. I guess that would make sense. They're the Pie Clan. Uh, and there's he ha- there's this like internal debate whether or not Deadpool is going to have a sex talk with Pound Cake, of which he decides against and is like, you should just talk to your mom about that. Which I thought was a fairly mat- mature choice for Deadpool. <laughs> um, uncharacteristically, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. That he that he didn't jump into mm-hmm. a very body explanation of how mm-hmm. a man and a pony have a baby. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of them, possibly Rainbow Dash, uh, discovers that there's another portal. She wants access to this portal, and they have to go through the Dragon Realm to get there. And apparently Marvel and Equestria are connected through this via this portal. But she found another one. So they go, and they fight a bunch of dragons, and they go through this portal, and they open up another portal, which is to Capcom. Wait, like the video game company Capcom? <laughs> yes. Okay. As in Marvel versus Capcom, the arcade game from oh the gosh. <laughs> 80s and 90s. Hey, I mean, they're they're tying it into the right time period. It's true. Uh, the ponies meet up with their pony husbands. They go through the portal. They meet up with Chun-Li and Ryu and Mega Man, and they fight more dragons, and they find more portals. So if I'm hearing this, I, I'm hearing that they wanted just to put all their favorite things from the late 80s to like mid 90s. Well, they also mentioned together. Yeah, I mean, they mentioned finding a that there's another that they, if they find another right portal, they can get to the Saiyans as well, which is Dragon Ball Z. Right. So basically, all the like cartoons and comics and video games from when we were children mm-hmm. have been put together and like put into the Ponyverse. Yes. Okay. I'm into that. Yeah. Okay. Um, also found out the Diamond Dogs are the antagonists I of see. the ponies. So that would make sense. So that's a good one. That's a good intense mashup of ponies, Avengers, Capcom. Possibly Dragon Ball Z. Pot, I mean... I'm glad they left the door open. Yeah. There's more. There's, yeah. I mean, this was six chapters. There's more to come, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so this one is called Pinkie Pie's Premonition. Cool. And uh, essentially, Princess Celeste, who's the princess of the sun, wants Pinkie Pie to throw Princess Luna, who's the princess of the night, uh, daytime, nighttime, yeah, sure. or moon, sun, whichever. A party to congratulate her or to to show her appreciation for being princess, for making all the knights, basically. So, Pinkie Pie gets super excited about it. She pulls out um, a giant, what's just referred to as an enormous party cannon. Yeah. I I presume that then she then makes like pastries and stuff to shove into. How cute is that? That's very cute. Um, and they have to take, but the whole time she's doing it, she like keeps having these like flashes of like a pony skull or, uh, she like has slight like seizures. Okay. Do you, can you guess yet what this is mashed up with? Um, is it Terminator? Is it mashed up with Terminator? No, that's a good guess, though. Okay. Predator? No. 
Well, I'm just thinking skulls. They collect skulls. Oh yeah, sure, but I'll keep going. And if it hits the okay. moment, you the moment you think you know where this is going, great, let me know. Great, 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 great. So she's getting ready for the party as well, and then the radio comes on, and static comes out of it, and it says, it repeats like, "Hush now, quiet now, go to sleep, go to sleep," like six or seven times, and she tries to turn it off, and it, it keeps doing it, and then she has to unplug it, and it's like done. Creepy. Yeah. So then she meets up with Vinyl Scratch, which I guess is a DJ pony. I mean, that's dope. Yeah, definitely. And they go to the party, or they get on train to go to the party. Um, she has another sort of like portents of doom, premonition of okay. Uh, and they go to the party. It's a surprise party for Princess Luna, so they all get down to the surprise. And um, she has another seizure, and she's like, "We got to get everybody out of here. We got to get everybody out of here." <gasps> Is it Final Destination? It is Final Destination. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Oh. Yeah. So, they're all – they have – they're throwing the party. A chandelier falls. It almost kills Pinkie Pie. Also, in turn, like, knocks over the DJ booth, which explodes – shooting Vinyl Scratch into a tree and breaking Vinyl Scratch's neck. And then it basically just from there on out, all the My Little Ponies dying, except for the main six who are trying to avoid, quote, explosions and flying knives, which are... Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Final Destination films find lots of ways to make mm -hmm. sharp things fly mm -hmm. at people. They, they, If nothing else, that's all they do. I would love... The thing that... I like about those movies is just the Rube Goldbergian mm -hmm. <laughs> like death coincidences that yeah, happen. It's great. Like the the cup of coffee falls down, drips down into the computer, which starts sparking, and then uh, like the the glass that it spilled like falls and splinters just a little bit and sends out one tiny little mm -hmm. sliver, which then she steps on, mm -hmm. which then she goes to grab the curtains, which mm -hmm. fall down. Well, she can't grab the curtains because she has horse hooves. Yeah. <laughs> And pulls it onto the computer. It lights on fire because earlier there'd been like a slow gas leak and then they burned to death. Yeah. And it's just like. And that's basically what happens here. So that's it. I mean, that's the end. They all of them die. But actually all the main six get outside. And then um, one of the other ponies that has been hiding outside jumps out and goes, surprise. Because <laughs> it was in the wrong location for oh, the surprise that's party. that's so funny. That's good. Yeah, it's funny, right? That's funny. Okay. Also, um. Are there any specifically good Final Destination deaths for the, or they just kind of go non-specific? Yeah, I mean, it's like if I hadn't give you given you a lead up, there'd be really no way of knowing it was Final Destination because it's just kind of like it. she sees some ghostly things and they all <sighs> and it all sort of falls apart See? at the end and, and a bunch of them die. But there's no, yeah, there's no Rube Goldbergian. Well, well, that's we're the thing, right? The joy, like, come that, on. That's the that's the thing. That's the reason why you would write Final Destination. Anything is to explore those ideas. Totally. Well, just because I'm just picturing all of the, the ways that like a pony going about its normal pony business could set off a domino effect, mm -hmm. killing all mm -hmm. his friends. Yeah, which is why I thought they were making so – they make a really big deal about this giant this party cannon. cannon. I know. And they take it – they like load it onto the train and take it to the party and I'm like – all right, this is All where right. shit's going down. <laughs> yeah, but a it's cupcake not going is down. definitely going into 
Prince Rutherford's throat, mm-hmm. and then someone's going to do the Heimlich and get impaled on like a unicorn horn, and then somebody's going to try to go for the magical golden horseshoes, and it's going to boomerang around Xena Warrior Princess style, decapitating all of the mm-hmm. royal family. Come on. Come on. That's easy. So <sighs> this next one is called Equestria Salvation. Oh, Terminator. Yeah. Okay. Done. Well, yeah. We knew, I knew I was going to get there eventually. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to reintroduce the main six. Great. Which are Rainbow Dash, Applejack, Rarity, Pinkie Pie, Fluttershy, Twilight Sparkle. Yes. And they are referred to in this and probably in the greater lore as like elementals. Mm. So their elements are Rainbow Dash's loyalty, Applejack honesty, Rarity generosity, Pinkie Pie is laughter. Hmm. The elemental power of laughter. I mean, I get it. Fluttershy is kindness, and Twilight Sparkle is magic. Great. Those don't necessarily come into play, but that's... Those are fun. Also, if we run across these, the one thing that I forgot to mention earlier is they have cutie marks, which is sort of like their emblem. It's very toy-centric because the actual toys have these little marks on them that... So some might have like little stars on their haunch. Others might have a guitar on their haunch. Others might have a rainbow. And so these cutie marks are kind of uh, emblematic of who they are. So I saw a Breaking Bad, My Little Pony, where Heisenberg, the the pony, had a little hat on and then an Erlenmeyer flask cutie mark because he's a chemist. And I was wondering if there are any clever cutie mark usages in uh, in what you discovered. If not, that's cool. But I thought that that was a... No, there are some um, that I've come across. So, um, those are the main six, and they're having problems because new magic is has reached Equestria, and that new magic is machines, and they hear a bunch of rumors about these machines infiltrating Equestria, but they, they don't really see any of them until one day there's just a unexplained huge explosion that kills thousands. Mm. I mean, it's an atomic bomb, but yeah. it doesn't say that in specific terms. Gotcha. I wonder what the pony equivalent of an atomic bomb would be. Exponation? Nope. That's not it. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they nuke the, they nuke the castle, the main castle, Prin- Princess Celeste's castle, and obliterate it. And then all of those six ponies go on to become the like the resistance. Great, like a Sarah Connors. Yeah, that. they're the Sarah Connors. So they go on to become the resistance, and then uh, there are now Terminator ponies, which it describes as which is at first having like rubber pony skin, oh. which is how Kyle Reese describes the first yeah, gen Terminators in so Terminator. Scary. Yeah, yeah, terrifying. But then they get really good, and they have the like organic. Uh, and they just seem like. Very muscular Austrian ponies. Mm-hmm. Ponies, yeah. Yeah. All of this, the main six all have sons, right? So they all have sons, and their okay. sons are Lightheart Dash, Applejack Jr., Tom Pie, Timothy Shy, Elusive, and Duskshire. I don't know if those are in My Little Pony, but they are very spot on. Pretty accurate, yeah, pony right? Names. So here's the, here's the weird part. So they all have, the, each, each of the main six has one son. They were all fathered by one stallion. Cool. Okay. And they make a big deal about how kind the stallion was to all six of them, but also they don't mention his name. They specifically do not mention his name. So is that supposed to be like the John Connors or like Jesus or God? What's happening? (laughs) We'll get there. Okay. (laughs) 
All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the enemy is obviously called PonyNet. Yeah. So Skynet. Got it. Now all of these sons are the resistance and they're, they're just like searching all over Equestria, fighting robots, doing that stuff. And they find this like obliterated town where there's one like baby pony boy in it whose name is Lightstruck. He, he, he grows into a full grown stallion. He's a great soldier. Uh, he has a gray coat because that's the other thing about they're always, especially in this fan fiction, they're always mentioning the color of the, of ponies. the ponies. They're always like, the light pink pony or the cyan pony or the magenta pony gotcha, or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's a reoccurring thing to help sort of like, I guess, continue to establish which pony you're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is Lightstruck, the, the orphan that they find. Black mane, gray coat, and his cutie mark is the flag of Equestria. Oh. Which is weird. It makes it sound more like a tattoo, like a, like a tattoo you'd get in the Marines. Yeah. But, I mean, that is cute. It is cute, <laughs> Cuter yeah. <than> <laughs> Then it just okay, so then it just plays out. And this is the first chapter of there are no more chapters. Got it. <laughs> right? <laughs> which we run into a which lot. Which we run into a lot. <laughs> but basically, you know, they so the, the the seven of them now, the main sixes, six sons, fathered by a single person, and light struck, storm skynet central, take it down just as they're sending a Terminator pony back in time, and then they decide to send light struck back in time. Presumably to kill the Terminator and impregnate all six of their moms. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, it's like the Sarah Connors. He's Kyle John, Reese. Yeah, he's Kyle. Yes, he's Kyle he's Reese. Kyle Reese. Going back and becoming John Connors. Six John Connors dads. <laughs> yes, exactly. There you go. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um. Well, very uh, a that's very sex positive that all of them are friends and all had the same stallion father. I think it depends on which lens you're looking at it from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that could be. Or, I mean, honestly, that for, for what little I know of horses, that might just be how it goes in yeah. the wild. I mean, depending on the stallion to mare ratio, mm-hmm. I don't think they have such a mon- monogamous views of colting coltery. I don't know. Okay, so I got. So there's one more that I'm going to read, but then just there's a couple that I tried to read and they were either way too long to read on the plane or just I didn't know what was the point of them. So one is a crossover between My Little Pony and Platoon. Sweet. Which sounds super weird. And I started to read it, but it's like, I mean, it's like the whole, the first chapter is just them going through boot camp. I mean, it was honestly more kind of like Full Metal Jacket than uh, Platoon, but uh, I was like, okay, I think. Like this is this is kind of dense, <laughs> right? Um, and another one was just as a crossover with WWE, where all of the ponies are dating all of like all the WWE stars, the wrestling stars, and then there's also all of their villains, and it it just turns into a. Cluster. Why are all these people dating ponies? I feel like that's come up multiple times. And it's just like I mean, is okay, that, but is this lending credence to like the bronies secretly want to have sex with these ponies? Because yeah, oh. again, I don't think that's a hundred percent what what everybody yeah, wants. You don't find that on the internet when you talk about bronies, but there are a lot of adult men having sex with ponies in these stories. At least dating them. Yeah, like, they having pony babies though. So you know, you know that Deadpool is at least trying to make. A pony baby. Yeah. If you watch the most recent film, he was super into the idea. Having a baby. Oh, interesting. Oh. Spoiler alert. Sorry, you haven't seen it yet. 
Who cares? Sorry. How is him wanting to be a father <laughs> spoil that movie? Doesn't really. inherently. Yeah, doesn't. Okay, so this last one is called War Between Worlds, and it's by Shadow the Ultimate Seven. Sweet. And it's pretty quick, but you'll it'll become apparent why I'm talking about this one pretty soon. Rainbow Dash and her friend are just flying around in the sky, having a good time. Uh, and the other one, who is a scientist, keeps mentioning how fast Rainbow Dash is, hmm. and she keeps making. Sonic rain booms. Got it. Which means that she's just breaking the sound barrier, uh-huh. right? So she's going Mach one and breaking the sound barrier. Uh, and they're flying. And there's a rainbow behind her, I assume. Uh, well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And they're flying around until another another creature like flies out of the sky mm. and is faster than them and flies like flies past them and then into this like into this forest that is haunted. So they have to f- they decide to fly down after him and see what's going on. And when they find him, he's a he's a super jerk to them. Oh, uh, is it Batman? No, <laughs> uh, he is black and spiky and really fast. Who does that? Black that, and spiky. What does that really sound fast? like? He sounds like an evil Sonic the Hedgehog, which, according to our last Sonic the Hedgehog, might just be Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> right? Yeah, might just be kind of anti-Semitic. It's basically. A black and red Sonic the Hedgehog, which is Shadow, which is Sonic the Hedgehog's shadow, who in this version of it was trapped in co- inside Sonic's consciousness for his entire life until he escaped. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So when he goes down, um, I thought this part was great. They land next to him. He's like, they're like, who are you? And he's like, I don't have to tell you shit. <laughs> Not, he doesn't say that. He's like, I don't have to tell you anything. And they're like, you just told us to follow you down here what are you doing here? And he uses a strange voice, which is this, now I'm quoting, think a mix between CW zoom and flash when they do the vibrating vocal cord thing. Whoa. Yeah. That's a a specific reference. Very specific. I cannot picture that sound at all. So, so yeah, again, this is the first chapter of no more. I mean, this one's new. I think I'm like, I would expect to see more of these at one point, but the whole point I was bringing up is that, there seems to be, and this needs to be revisited at some point, and why? Because there seems to be just as much like crossover stuff with Sonic as there is My Little Pony. Yeah, because you had told me that you had found a bunch of Sonic stuff and mm-hmm. My Little Pony stuff. So clearly there's a Venn diagram here that we're exploring. Absolutely. And there's like, um, do you know about the Knuckles thing? Like Knuckles in and of itself, like uh, Sonic's Nemesis? sidekick. I think he's like... The other tough guy, because the guy with the tails, tails, is Sonic's sidekick. He has tails. He's got two little fox tails, and you could fly around as him. And when I played Sonic the Hedgehog with my brother, he insisted on being Sonic. And I was like, well, I'd rather be tails, because he can fly. So, suck it, David. It is Knuckles. Um, so, there's a whole thing on in like VR chat rooms where people just make their avatars look like Knuckles and then just assault you yeah <laughs> just like bum rush you yeah it's crazy that whole like do you know the way thing is oh, that that's from that's from a vr chat do you know that reference yeah yeah no that, but i mean do you know what that reference is from i thought it was just from that vr chat room of everybody with knuckles avatars like running around being silly together no a lot of the dialogue that they're using that references uh 
this like Somali action film. Oh, really? Yeah. We we shouldn't like Reply All does an excellent breakdown of this whole thing. Oh. And I am just going to place that here rather than us try to talk about it. Gotcha, gotcha. Because gotcha. we'll get lost. Okay. Yeah. I I know nothing about that other than my kids were running around saying that constantly. So Um That's all I got for my little pony for now. Well, I think this was good. I think we we talked about it. We know a little bit more about My Little Pony. We've made a deeper dive into it. I feel satisfied. Okay. Let's go. Uh, let's go to In and Out Burger. That sounds great. Good night, Zach. Good morning, Andrew. Nailed it. I also think like Diamond Dogs are the good guys in one of the Metal Gear Solid games, but... It's also just a great Bowie song. Diamond Dogs? Nice. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to a lot of Bowie recently. Black Star is sad. Yeah, it is. Uh, So, basically, I don't know if I mentioned this, but obviously I've been flying a lot the past few days. I I hate flying. Oh, really? I used to be, like, I used to be fine with it Um, when I was a kid. It was, I flew all the time, and it was great, but in the past 10 years or so, like, uh, I really developed a lot of anxiety and discomfort with flying that like basically every time I get on a plane, I just have to like, like this is the one that's going down. I just, I have to make peace with, <laughs> with it. And to a point where like, uh, what I do on the plane now is just like go through songs on my phone and be like, okay, which one of these is the best song to die to? Yeah, whenever I go onto an airplane, it's that same thing, but I find it very soothing. It's like, hey, when this goes mm-hmm. down and I die, that wasn't my fault. Yeah, like, everybody's going to die sometime. Yeah, I just don't be right wanna, now on this plane. I just don't want to die where it's very clear that if I had just thought something through better, I would have lived. Sure. Because I'm, be I'm very fault. sure that is how I'm going to die, <laughs> is I'm just going to you know, be like, oh, yeah, you only ate chicken wings for 40 years and then you died, mm-hmm. obviously. I'm like, yeah, but have you had chicken wings? Oh, yeah, chicken wings. <laughs> They're great. Uh, but that's the song. I mean, so that uh, it always, the song I always come back to is Five Years by David Bowie. Yeah. Just pop that on, let it slowly build and make peace with the infinite. Yeah, seriously. Like that, it's like... As you are going out into the void. Also, Major Tom to ground control is a good one. Because yeah. he like, just gets cut adrift and then goes out into the darkness. Yeah, that is not uh, the name of that song for the record. But What is it called? Space Audit- Oddity. It is? Mm-hmm. That's cool. I just listened to it on a, on a shuffle of his song. I see. Hey there, Andrew here. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to hear more of this stuff, go to fanfiction.show or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Contact us at zandrew at fanfiction.show and our Twitter and Instagram are at fanfictionshow. Uh, The things we read this week, if you'd like to read them yourselves, are Spiders and Magic, Avengers Assemble by Master Rob, Pinkie Pie's Premonition by J.X. Wheeler, Equestria Salvation by Vinyl Scratch 7, War Between Worlds by Shadow the Ultimate 7, and uh, Zach said portents of doom Uh, in this episode. The word is portent, and it means a sign or warning. We didn't want 
you know, the youth running around using the expression portent of doom incorrectly on our behalf. I mean, that would be unforgivable. Also, the Somalian action film Zach mentioned is actually a Ugandan action film called Who Killed Captain Alex? Uh, Zach was thinking of Captain Phillips, which made him think of Somali pirates. You get it. It's an easy mistake to make. And also, the uh, the podcast Reply All does a really good episode on the VR Knuckles phenomena in their episode uh, number 114, Apocalypse Soon. So... Yeah, that's a lot to unpack. Hope you enjoyed it. We sure did.